What's up, business gal pals? I just wanted to let you know that I'm coming out with a brand new workshop called Making Business Doable. So if you started a new business and you jumped straight into a growth program, but it just left you feeling inadequate, confused, and like you didn't know what you were doing, I want you to know that there's still hope. So if you haven't already, jump on Instagram and follow me at bemyself.now. I'll be releasing all the details of that workshop on Instagram. And by the end of the workshop, you'll understand why jumping straight into a high growth program isn't necessarily the best thing to do at the beginning of your business journey and what you can do to make business more doable. So head on over to Instagram, follow me at bemyself.now, and you'll be the first to see the details for that workshop. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back, business gal pals. This week, I'm talking to Brienne Hennessy of Your Vocal Vitality. Brienne is a vocal empowerment coach, corporate trainer, and published writer. As a certified and licensed speech and voice pathologist with 13 years of clinical experience and over 40 public speaking appearances, she is guiding women executives, entrepreneurs, and speakers to communicate with more purpose and presence so they can speak frequently without fatigue or strain and listen with alignment to their inner voice. Brienne is on a mission to elevate women's self-worth and love for their unique voices. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here with us this week. Oh, thank you, Danielle. This is so wonderful. These are things I love talking about, and I appreciate you putting such advocacy out on your platform. So thank you. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to talk about using our voices in business because we have our literal voice that we're using right now to talk to each other, but we also have this figurative voice that is sort of the voice of our brand, the voice of our person and what we're trying to communicate to the world. And I think it's such an important conversation. So let's get started with the origin of your vocal vitality. How did that come about? How did you get on this path? I was working in the clinical healthcare side of my profession, uh, my professional training is as a speech and voice pathologist. And in that being in the healthcare system for the 13 plus years, definitely was my zone of excellence. But I started to notice that there were points, even as recently as within the last five years, between the difficulties with structure, hierarchy, bureaucracy, it started to feel very stifling. When the idea bubbled up, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you know how an idea bubbles up and if you don't address it right away, but it keeps bubbling up, you're probably like, I need to pay attention to that. Yeah, definitely. That is, is essentially what I remember feeling. It kept coming up and me run a business. Are you kidding me? Like I turned 40 this year and it's fabulous. But back in my twenties, when I started my grad program, like running but no, like I didn't even know that was an option, let alone like did not seem like something I would ever do. So that was a little surprising to me. So I kind of just, you know, wrote it for a while, but ultimately for me, it was frustration with the system, frustration with the way things were run. Currently I'm coming to y'all from the States and in the States, the healthcare system, in my humble opinion, could do with an overhaul. And so there are aspects of it that got to be very diminishing, uh, ideas weren't supported in the way that I thought maybe would improve patient care. And in that I wanted to serve more people 
in a broader way. I come at it from a very holistic approach and that's preventative care, empowering voices, taking a look at other aspects is something that I believe impacts people's well-being from a ripple effect standpoint. But again, in my experience, the healthcare system in our country is not supportive of such endeavors. (laughs) Um, And so that's where I had to make a choice and say, what am I going to do? So I started it actually on the side as most, I'm sure I'm wondering if many of your listeners do, I was still working full-time 50 hours a week and launched it part-time on the side. And then a year ago was able to leap into full-time. It's been a wild three years. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, you're talking 50 hours, that's full-time plus. So full-time plus and a side hustle to grow. (laughs) That's amazing. How were you able to shift your priority from giving everything to your Mm -hmm. full-time job to giving enough to this new side hustle that you were able to turn into your full-time hustle? You know, some people say that it's when the pain points get strong enough that that's when they move. And I would say that is one aspect for me. I also am a single mom. And so to me, it's very important that I am doing things to model to my daughter, how things can change, how we can do new ideas, new projects. And then priority wise, it became so much more potential oriented. So shifting from this pain point idea, which I've actually even in the last year, kind of, it kind of repels me to think about it from a pain point perspective, but rather a potential and a possibility perspective. And that's what drew me in the most. So I think in that Priority-wise, gosh, you look back and now you're making me think, Danielle, it all just feels like a flurry (laughs) in a way, (laughs) you know, like it kind of feels like there are periods in our life where it's very compressed and we're just go, go, go. I think of that, like when I was in grad school, I don't know how I would do those two years of intent. Like what, how did I do that then? But now I also can see, you know, where, where we do have these compression times and these expansion times. And so I think for me, knowing that the possibility and seeing, seeing that other, other people were doing it was awesome. I've never, like I said, running a business never occurred to me. Meeting entrepreneurs has been (laughs) life-changing. Like (laughs) that is something naive me again in my twenties. I really had no sense for it's just like a whole other world entrepreneurs. So I love this crowd. (laughs) So that, yeah, it's filled with empowerment. Yes, exactly. So that kind of helps me along with the, with the prioritization too. Um, but my energy is one that I do naturally ebb and flow anyway. So I've come to learn a lot about that, which has been helpful because again, in a world where things are hustle, grind, 50 hours are expected minimally, et cetera. That's what I've been conditioned to the past, you know, 20 years. So, so that's been an awesome way to see a different flow essentially. Yeah, to see that potential for less of the grind and more of stepping into your purpose. You know, you talk about helping women communicate with purpose and presence. And it definitely seems like you took that shift early on to say, wait a minute, this idea that's bubbling up, this has purpose and requires my presence. And that's beautiful. Thank you. It's been, I mentioned the clinical work being my zone of excellence, because when I was in that room with the patients, you know, you've gotten to a point of needing to shift when that's the only time you're feeling some sort of connection and love for it. Still, that was the only time walk out of the room. Ugh, everything would just feel heavy again. Now I feel like I'm in my zone of genius, which feels really awesome to be able to sense that distinction and that doing this in the way that I'm doing it is something that I am creating without the heaviness. 
I love that you bring this holistic approach to it because Mm. the medical system is so segmented, Mm -hmm. is so focused on treating sort of the symptom instead of treating all the other things that Mm -hmm. might be leading up to that symptom. And I'm sure you experience that with your patients as well. Yeah, so that's a true wisdom that you've brought from those years of experience to what you do now. Comprehensive care, it does exist in the medical system. We would be so fortunate in the voice clinics that I worked in some of the top in the country to have access to the other providers that were going to give that person what they needed. But that person, A, either themselves couldn't have access in the way they needed to for a variety of reasons, (laughs) or B, the bureaucracy, the behind the scenes, all of that would delay things. And so it is, it's this like paradox between the intention is sort of there stated, but in practice, or for those of us kind of boots on the ground, that wasn't the everyday lived reality. And so the fact that the paradigm could completely look different is I'll admit a little scary. Cause it's like, you do that this way, all these, t- all these ways, you know, all these, this time. And what if there's a better way? What if there's a way to individualize it even more for people? And I think that's where preventative wellness and preventative voice care and people speaking out as they feel is their truest self is going to truly impact wellness in a different way. It may just look different than what we're used to in the quote unquote medical system, perhaps. Well, as someone who is one of your clients, I'm so glad you made that shift. It is a beautiful (laughs) way to approach you know, all of this, the idea of using our voices is so important. So what would you say makes using our voice important when it comes to life and business? Sometimes um, when I'll give you some examples of when women in particular, not always, sometimes men would come into the clinic, there would be nothing physically apparent. So we always would assess and look and make sure everything was functioning. However, they would be describing these instances of, wow, my voice just doesn't feel like me, or I'm not being heard, or I'm stressed about X, Y, or Z. And in the time of our science, as as it were, about the voice has been known to kind of create or manifest as physical symptoms, even if it's nothing as obvious as say a lump, a bump, a change in the tissue. And what often would happen, we would make those shifts from, okay, let's make sure you're using this physical mechanism effectively. But until they made that conscious choice to speak out or release or honor what was present emotionally, spiritually, et cetera, there wasn't going to be any meaningful improvement. So if we take that a step further, that was those who would still live in that paradigm of, but I'm in this clinic. Why would I talk about my emotions? And they would, they would just see this, this dissonance with that and perpetuate that from themselves, or they would be okay with seeing the potential of exploring that, but not want to cross that, that bridge yet. And so continue to perpetuate this feeling of like strain and tiredness. Um, Some women who came in, CEOs of their companies still having issues with their voice, but not recognizing that it was because they were trying to, for example, sound authoritative, whatever that means, but that's not their natural way of speaking. If we take that then into how we show up 
each day, how we're going to make, whether we're in business or a corporate job or whatever the job is, how are we going to make sure that we are keeping those channels open for ourselves? Because if we're not speaking it in a way that feels resonant and aligned for ourselves, that's either going to show up as stress somewhere in the body. Some people get stomach ulcers, other people get voice changes. And so how can we be much more comfortable with the avenues? I come at it from an unconventional avenue, but unconventional way and in bringing about just that well-being. When that happens, then people are seeing what I call like holistic wealth in their communication, which impacts relationships, which impacts their spiritual and mental well-being, and even impacts the impacts them financially. It can't not touch all areas in that way. So a business owner or not, you speaking out, you recognizing the power of this instrument is only going to improve going forward. Wow. That's huge. I mean, the fact that it touches on every aspect of our lives, essentially, which makes so much sense because it is about communication and relationship and interaction and being true to ourselves and being open and authentic in that process. Mm -hmm. It's always so much more powerful than when we're trying to show up a certain way or trying to create, you know, an authoritative stance instead of just owning our authority and Mm -hmm. speaking as we do. Absolutely. Exactly. And the, and who knows, maybe it's funny. Folks always say to me, Oh, now I, now I hear certain things in other people's voices now that they start to pay attention, but maybe you, you yourself, or, you know, someone out there who has, you know, even lowered their voice, not even consciously done it because what is more predominant in our society for years, male authority figures, having to be that woman who is the only woman in the room. And so in what ways can we truly use this as a time of exploration for how our voices can physically sound and not judge it? The judgment that goes on is just pervasive and that needs to come to an end as well, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many people hear a recording of themselves and and the judgment is so strong, even in their own mind, that's this mm-hmm. instantaneous, oh my God, that's me. I can't believe I sound like that. Oh, the facial expressions, the ews, the ugh, like you get these like visceral reactions that people have to the sound of their own voice. And so in that, that is something that is biologically normal, that we sound different to ourselves on recording than we do internally. And that is something that is just the way we're built. We are hearing each other through the air right now, but to ourselves, we are hearing each other through air, through our ears and through the bones in our skull vibrating as the sound travels. So we're going to naturally sound lower to ourselves internally than say on playback. Cause the most common thing I get is, oh, my voice sounds high and squeaky, high and squeaky. That's Mm. a very common one. And the, and followed closely by the ew like a full on, like you said, just, just a reaction. So I think that has some deleterious potentials because if we treated the other parts of our body that way, constantly saying ew to it, constantly dismissing it. And yes, there are folks out there for sure who are in their own journey, struggling with body image, et cetera. When we think of something like our voice, the more we are dismissing it, the more we are treating it as if we don't want to hear it. (gasps) How could it possibly sound like that? The more it dilutes our bigger message, because Mm. then it doesn't matter the words that are coming out of my mouth. If I'm internally criticizing how it sounds knowingly or not, that's going to be felt. You're going to feel something different, or it's going to have this sense of something's off. 
Yeah. Um, it really becomes an exercise of self-worth, I think. Yes. And owning, like, even if you do sound kind of high and squeaky, yeah. there, there can be authority in that. There can yes. be truth yes. in that, you know, just exactly. being vulnerable enough to say, this is me, this is, you know, and yes. here's what I have to say. Exactly. So where do those two things meet in this beautiful aligned space? And then you can play with, you can enhance, you can do the things that, that really bring out those characteristics, you know, that you want it to, we have choices with our voice. So if there are different voices that you embody mom voice, boss voice, communicating with strangers voice, whatever the case is awesome. Let's make sure you're familiar with them. So they aren't creating this kind of disconnect when you speak and this uncertainty. And that's where I think we get into our own implicit biases about what voices should sound like women and men across the board and all genders. And then also this idea of does our voice come from a place of being silenced, shushed, you know, how does it go for little girls that horrible be seen and not heard? Mm, I've had people even still, I mean, I like to think I'm like, it's, it's, what are we 20, 21 or whatever? Like, no, that was, you know, eons ago, but we're still feeling the effects depending on people's age group of getting those kind of messages. And then you add any sort of fear, trauma, uh, this idea of how people need to show up, should show up, et cetera. Like you were saying, not just feeling into themselves and also what confidence should look like. I get a little sticky about this idea of like, okay, just fake it till you make it. Oh, that physically makes me want to like <laughs> recoil a little bit. Okay. Just be confident. So this is where I see people helping folks with showing up speaking and it's, it's well-intended, but they're very surface to me. And mm. so exactly like you pointed out and is the core of the mission, people who are lacking that self-worth, you can talk about how to show up in poise and presentation on a stage virtual or otherwise all day, but that's not getting at the the source of what they really need to be honest and vulnerable and willing to know about themselves. And that creates such a deeper connection with an audience versus getting up on a stage and just Mm -hmm. being really forceful with your voice. And you're like, I'm projecting and I'm owning my authority. Yeah. That's, but if, yeah. if it's not that deeper kind of humbling experience where you're saying, this is who I am, mm-hmm. kind of take it or leave it and being yes. okay with whatever comes out of that, that energy comes across absolutely. to your audience and it, it gets so in the true. way. It absolutely does. Oh my gosh. I love that you brought up the projection part to me because I get that a lot too. I want to be able to project my voice more. Cool. What does that mean for you? Is it, are we talking louder? Maybe, maybe some loudness. Are we talking more to be, to be heard that desire? Like I want to project so that people feel me and see me and hear me. Cause that's all people want. People just want to be seen and heard for who they are. So let's make that happen more. And then on the flip side, being able to say, okay, I can still showcase my personality through my voice. I do not have to be boxed in, you know, to this, you know, idea of how my voice is, is going to show up, but exactly that. Once it is connected internally to that divine self-worth to our intuition. Okay. Bring it. Then whatever flows out is meant to flow out, you know, and that will project whether we're talking volume or we're talking actual impact of people hearing your message in the way that it's meant to. And there's such a trust in that. There's such a a faith, if you will, in just trusting your voice to do what it's meant to do and to carry you 
out into the world, whether it's through speaking or writing or whatever kinds of interactions you're having with other people, you have to trust that the right message is going to get through to the right people and stand in your own power. Yes, exactly. Because if that self-trust isn't there, but also if, if that grace isn't there for ourselves and others, because our voices aren't perfect, nothing is, no one is, that's boring. <laughs> We're not here for perfection, but allowing that to have its natural way of being, it can propel us into the way of being we see ourselves, you know, as it can propel us into speaking into existence, what we want for ourselves and our life and our business. And so harnessing that is really important. That's part of the power as well. And the more that is recognized that you can show up and speak with the physical voice, the same way you can show up and write a book like you've done. And those two things are still in alignment. Awesome. Like you've just elevated all the ways that your voice and your message can be heard. I have to tell you this, especially because it's as, as the newer entrepreneur in this conversation, I, um, I was part of my, my friend's um, personal branding summit. She is awesome. Tracy Borison is her name. Okay. Admission time. Branding was confusing to me up until like a few weeks ago. And it's like part of this, like learning all the moving pieces of business that I was like, branding. Okay. Yes. I kind of get it. It's this like abstract thing to me anyway. So Tracy does this beautiful thing where she comes at it from values, which I so, so appreciate and how that's going to look, but also showing up as your, she uses the word authentic. I tend to use the word aligned showing up as your authentic self, just like you're talking about to access that power. And it finally became clear because of the way she cultivated in her community during this summit, that sense of you can truly say what is present for you in that moment. I finally was like, that's what they mean by personal brand. So it's just funny, right? I think in a way we say similar things, but this branding thing felt very murky to me. So now it's just, I just love those moments where it's like, you know, that's her zone of genius. <laughs> branding, cool. <laughs> like this is my zone of genius. And yet um, when you have those values set, perhaps even your mission statement set, all of those core things that you hope most business owners think about at some point, can you still speak from those places and be in your power? I think you absolutely can. Is there a point where those could get a little off track? Yes. And then that's where that leads back to that idea of, oh, that's weird. My, my voice isn't feeling as strong today. My voice feels weak. I get that a lot from people. Oh, that's weird. I feel really tired with my voice today. And I haven't talked a lot. So just know that that's your body's signals to you. That's your, that's your voice's way of being a barometer. That's one of the convictions I hold voice is a barometer. It will showcase these things. So having that, if you are someone unlike me who knows way more about branding or gets that piece of it, notice those always can bring you back as kind of a, an anchor point too. I love that idea of the voice as the barometer. And it, it's true. It does respond to kind of what's going on in our head and our heart a lot quicker than any illness or yeah. outward expression that might eventually force you to rest if you've well, been too busy that's right. or, you know, those that's different right. things. That's right. I think that's where the myth though occurs is we get whole body illness, but the voice like, oh, like I just had a client this morning. She had to, she started getting, um, feeling ill yesterday. And I said, then we're not meeting today. There is no room for pushing through. 
There is none of this pushing through. Mm. So if we're over here saying, yes, I want my business to be in alignment. I want to be in a place where I am creating from a sense of power. And then over here being like, oh, you know what? I just have six more hours of things to do. I'm just going to keep pushing through. That's a dissonance, you know? So it will show up in that way. If it's getting hoarse, getting more tired, more quickly, if you're not having the longevity and clarity to it, those are signs and it's okay to ask about those because many people think it's just a quick fix or just that one time, but there's always, there's always residual. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always this residual if we're not being mindful to what that opposite, what could it look like? What's the potential with your voice? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that pain point instead of just addressing the pain point, going toward the potential, like you were saying earlier. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. So what can we do? That's important. Just want to put that out there. We both have our our little drinks to sip (laughs) on here. I love it. I normally, I'm trying to normalize drinking on all things speaking because you look at that as another little like aspect to this. The times I see people go 30, 45, 60 minutes without having touched any liquid. And then they wonder why their voices are getting scratchy. Their throat clearing, they're coughing. Y'all just normalize drinking while you're speaking. It's fine. We're here for it. We're all human. We all have to do it. It's okay. Stay hydrated. (laughs) So thank you. Just putting that out in the spaces. I'm like swallowing, (laughs) even though y'all can't see us right now. (laughs) It's perfect. No, it's great. Cause it, you know, we have kind of denormalized it. Is that a word? Denormalized. We have, you know, gotten into this space. I think of that perfection idea of showing up on a stage or on a video and, Mm -hmm. and being just these robots who can just perform and perform and go and have no issue when really we're human. We have human bodies that have needs. And one of those needs is taking a sip of something. (laughs) So I love that you're, you know, normalizing that on zoom calls and speaking engagements. That's brilliant. It's much needed, you know, it's kind of a silly little thing. It's easy for us to laugh about it, but it really is something Mm -hmm. that we just need to give everyone permission. Just say, yes. it's okay to take care of yourself. Yes, It's okay to take care of your voice. And this yes. is one of the ways that we do that. Yes. And that is where the, even, even the physical signs are one of our guiding lights. Throat clearing is pervasive. Throat clearing is extremely pervasive right now. Again, it gets pushed off. Like, oh, I only do it when I'm speaking. Well, I don't know if that's like the baseline you want to set for yourself because it's one of those things where your body's saying, I- I'm irritated. I have the tissues getting, you know, tired, dry, whatever the case. And so again, this might be in a sense where now today the listeners will be like, wow, now I hear everybody throat clearing <laughs> like turns on here. But it's one of those moments where you can go, yes, give yourself permission. It is okay to pause, take that sip, do what you need to do. Um, because generally the rule of thumb, generally speaking in the voice world is 60 minutes cumulative of talking, we really need about a 10 minute voice rest. And so in that, that's just from just stress strain friction of the system. That's when things are going well. Like we, we talk about your resonant voice versus if you're already in a voice that's not working optimally, you can shrink that time by half, by even more where people go, it's 20 minutes in and I just, I, I can't do it, you know? So yeah, it doesn't take much to kind of tip the scale sometimes. I think too, especially as, as the business gal pals are out there growing their business, they are doing mm-hmm. a lot more talking yes. on video, they're on calls, they're connecting mm-hmm. and networking, they're meeting with clients. Some of us have podcasts or, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things that we do. We don't realize 
how much we use our voice. I mean, I know when I first talked to you about, you know, the issues I had going on with my voice, you said to me that, yeah, it sounds like you're a vocal athlete. And I was just like, what? Like <laughs> I had never, ever thought of putting myself in that category because honestly, I mean, I, my brain was just like, I don't sing. I mean, yeah. I do, I sing in the shower and I sing sure. in my house and stuff, but I'm not yeah. like in a choir or on stage singing. So yeah. how could I be a vocal athlete? And then once yeah. we talked about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I pretty much spend most of my days talking. <laughs> That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. I mean, whether it's with clients or networking or even just on the phone mm-hmm. with my family or, you know, all those different ways of using my voice, a poor thing yeah. hardly ever gets a rest. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? When you take a look at the, just the dose, the amount, and that's one of the big myths. People think that, well, I'm not a singer, so they care less for their voice and what it can do for them or take it for granted. So, so common, but it doesn't have to be that way. You took the first step. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, we were just talking today about, you know, my voice, I, I love it so much for its ability to allow Mm. me to communicate and not only communicate in real time, but to leave behind my legacy, you know, to communicate through my figurative voice in my book or, you know, my actual literal voice when I'm speaking with people or speaking on the podcast, Mm -hmm. this is kind of what's going to be, you know, left behind, so to speak once I'm gone. And, and that's important. That's something to care about and to not take for granted. And I did take it for granted for a long time because I'm like, yeah, I'm a talker. I don't know. I just talk. That's what I do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's okay. That's what you want to, you want to own that and be able to look at it like the rest of the body where you go, you know what, maybe warming up my voice would feel good today. Maybe this will actually give me that sense of ease and flow and longevity and clarity. And that's okay too, because we don't expect ourselves to run a marathon without warming up or even to do something, you know, typical with, if we're people who exercise, whatever the case may be, our voices are very resilient, but they're not invincible. And then what got me thinking while you were saying that, Danielle, is how you're so good about reflecting back. You listen back to your recordings. You give yourself the chance to really observe kind of what's going on in the moment, how between your book and the way, yes, your physical voice is being remembered in this world. Wouldn't it be so lovely to also be able to say, wow, I also remember that my inner voice was guiding that. My inner Mm. voice was present with that, that mind chatter, the criticisms, the judgments of myself weren't there. I just think that would be lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so much more strength in leaning into that inner voice. I know, you know, anytime I'm doing something in my business, like most people, that mind chatter can kind of start up like, well, people might think this of this or what of that. And I don't know, what am I doing? Should I even be doing this? And I remember to just center myself. I think you say it perfectly with being aligned Mm -hmm. and it brings you back to that authentic space. And I'm able to say, well, so what if they think that? So what if it sounds like this? So what if whatever comes out of this, you know, I'm still going to take the action because business doesn't happen unless we take those actions and we trust that kind of divine calling. Like you were saying that bubbling up of like, yeah, (laughs) maybe you should start doing this in your business, or maybe you should look into helping these kinds of people. Yeah. Um, It's really important to be able to rest on that. It really is. And I want to acknowledge to, for the listeners out there, this seems like a mind over matter kind of thing. Well, you just, you know, just say whatever, I'll just choose this other thing. You always have choices. 
every day, every moment. And yet sometimes it is more of that challenge to say, but I still, I still feel that internal restriction. I still feel that internal criticism. I still feel that sense of resistance and don't know what to do with it. So I want to also acknowledge something that Danielle does really well because when she shows up for herself, we work on the sound of the voice. Yes. Just like she was mentioning before, but we also work on the feeling of it because in that moment, if you're saying, cool, I'm making this big business decision. I want to kind of drown out the, the worries, the doubts, the fears. That's, that's one option, but how can we also feel into it? So it doesn't in and of itself sneak its way back into what we're saying, how we're saying it, what we mean to say our intention, our intonation, our inflection, et cetera, all the pieces without our awareness, without our knowledge. So know that it's when you show up for it, it's possible, but know that it it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a flipping of the switch as it were. Yeah. It's like dealing with fear or sadness or any of those kind of heavier emotions. Mm -hmm. We have to move through it to get Mm -hmm. back to our energetic place. We can't just Mm -hmm. move past it. Yes. We really have to acknowledge it first and say, this is here. This inner criticism has popped up. Hello. I see you. Thank you for caring about me and wanting to keep me safe. Now, please get in the backseat. I'm the one driving. (laughs) Precisely. And let it, let it, you know, be, but don't let it run the show. Yes, exactly. And, and just like that, doing that amazing example. She just gave you a perfect example of then speaking it out, actually speaking it out. Yes. We're in conversation right now. So it'd be like, well, of course, Danielle said that out loud, speak it out to an empty room, speak it out. So you literally get that energy out of you and you can feel from that voice energy, which, which direction is the one you want to choose. You can feel it. You know, it's like earlier, what, what was the word and I already was getting cringy. Like I feel it in my body and my voice kind of gets a little like that. <laughs> like we can feel these things. And so, so leaning into that superpower, that's something that I really love diving into when I work with folks, because I get it. If, unless you talk to yourself, which I do sometimes, like you don't actually vocalize things outward into space on your own, but, oh, it's just so magical. When you can be open yeah. to doing that for yourself and just have fun with it. Be silly. Let the pets look at you weird. It's cool. <laughs> you just, oh, you my just, cats love it when I vocalize. Yeah, I get into the humming and they show up. It's so funny. They'll be somewhere yes. else in the house and they, they come to it. It's, like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> and they'll sit in a corner of a room and vocalize all of a sudden and there's yes. nothing there. And, you know, yes. there's something to be learned there about. Yeah how we can shift our own energetic space the same way they do. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love it. That's so great. (laughs) So what can we do to sort of best use our physical and figurative voice? I know we've touched Mm. on some of it, but what are some tips you have for people who are thinking like, oh, I really should pay a little more attention to my voice. What can they do? Well, one thing is not should all of ourselves. So I'm commonly saying that because I want this to be something that feels very um, organic at first, that you're truly being playful with it, open-minded with it. So something even simple, like noticing, can you listen back to your own voice in a loving and compassionate way? And if not, that's okay. Just kind of notice. And what is it? What are the features that you're liking about your voice so that you can continue to amplify those things? 
Another thing would be, yeah, something we touched on and you kind of mentioned one of the, the things that you like to do, and that is just warming it up. And that can be as simple as playing with sounds like humming. Mm, it doesn't have to be on pitch. Again, this is not about it sounding pretty. It's just allowing yourself to connect with your breath more. I will say the caveat with that is I am a huge fan of breath practices and breath practices alone will not get you connected to your voice. You have to do both. So Ooh. some people will say, well, I like to just do a few moments of breathing beforehand. Awesome. Ground yourself that way with your breath. But if it's not then connected and coordinated with that sound making that we're talking about, the system is going to be more likely off kilter if you haven't otherwise paid attention. Yeah. So playing around with that kind of vocalizing, the shower is a great place to do it. Literally being so sloppy with it. But it, again, it's not about what is coming out. It's that you can feel into it and just allow that to flow. So um, doing something like that for most people can look like once a day, just to start, because you'll start to see shifts depending on how you're overall feeling in a day. And that can really help you kind of tune into what your voice needs at that point. And then figuratively speaking, I think we really get back to how we speak to ourselves matters and how can you potentially, and people have used this word with their own voice, how can you hate the thing and the instrument and the asset that is showing yourself to the world? Spend time with speaking loving, kind words to yourself. And again, I invite you to do that outwardly, but if that feels too uncomfortable at first, just inwardly and noticing, even if there's one word that you can come up with that you can start to use on repeat and kind of like you were saying, Danielle, bring yourself back to that choice, you know, well, I'm going to make, you know, this decision and I could not care about what other people think, or I could care. It's kind of like the same thing. I think that's a beautiful time for you to be able to start cultivating how you are speaking to yourself. And exactly like you said, Danielle, when any of those criticisms want to sneak themselves in, you say, hello, you ask them to step aside and mindfully bring yourself back to what that is that you love most, or even like, mm. we'll start there. Yeah. 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 And I think to releasing those stories that were placed on us as children, my generation didn't grow up so much with the be seen and not heard as the generations previous to me, right. but I did get talks too much on my report card all the time, uh -huh. but hello, what do I do now what? for a living? Thank Precisely. you teachers for recognizing my superpower. <laughs> you know, we, we can yes. own it. We don't have to let those past stories stifle us and, yes. you know, quash our figurative voice, which yeah. then manifests into our literal voice yeah. just being reduced. It really does. It really does. And that can be so many degrees of, you know, little T trauma or big T traumas that come on. And yeah, for me, uh, I, I also got some of the, the talk too much, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but a lot of little mini, uh, now I know what they are, mini gaslighting moments too. Oh, you, that mm. didn't, you don't feel that way. That didn't, that's not the way I said it. That's not the way I meant it. And interestingly, what ended up happening for me was my dissonance came in my tone of voice. I would get chastised for my tone of voice. And I'd be like, I don't know what you mean. I, I'm just saying something. Well, come to find out until my first major transformation at about age 30, about 10 years ago, I was so disconnected from my self-worth and I was so at that point numbed out, which mm. came in the form of 
looking like depression and anxiety. It wasn't until I recognized, oh, okay, that's where that connection needs to happen. And since that time, no one has made a comment about my tone of voice. Wow. So that's been a big piece of it for me as well. Yeah. I can imagine that when you're feeling better on the inside, it comes out so much less curt sounding to other people, right? but then they don't have to have that response. That's right. Exactly. Danielle, like we can't, whatever triggers someone is their responsibility. Right. And yet it's okay. Give yourself grace. If you can't hear what they're hearing, we all perceive things differently. That's the whole piece of our unique journeys, but knowing that you can still respond to that. I was more reactive in those days. You can still respond to that in a way that serves your wholeness and your worthiness, because then ultimately what they are perceiving is going to be their stories, their, their history, their ways of truly auditory processing. (laughs) They might hear things truly in just a way we can't understand, but I'm just grateful that, yes, I didn't let myself stay down that rabbit hole of that dissonance that was so palpable, but unexplainable at the time. Hmm. What a beautiful realization to have. It was, ah, that's all I can say. I just feel light. It was, yeah, it was. It was a release. It it sounds like that lightness. There is a letting go quality that I get from you where you were able to let go of some of the heavy and just be more buoyant. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. That's great. So you have been able to do this amazing thing and take it full time. Do you have a favorite business hack or a bit of advice for the gal pals out there? Yes, I do. And I laughed at myself when the first thing that popped into my head was hiring my VA. (laughs) That was my my first thing. Yeah. Learning to delegate. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a journey for me. We'll just say (laughs) so. So that is something funny to me because mentors early on were saying, and how many times I'm sure there are things that you have told your listeners and your clients, how many thousands of times, and when does it click? Maybe not right away, maybe like months from now, but mentors were like, you know, make your first hire. That'll make it so much easier. And I resisted. I just did. I I did it for many reasons. The resistance was present, but I also recognize there's a certain way I like to do things. So, you know, it's just, it's this growth uh, piece to it, but I think that's been the biggest thing. She is amazing. Um, It's, it's the way to continue to move forward, gain momentum. And I think it's been the best decision of 2021 for me so far. How did you know you were ready for that? Oh, good question. When I truly believed that it would help me leap forward, it was one of those limiting beliefs that kept just cruising on like autopilot under the surface. How is that even possible? Why do people keep saying that will help me like leap forward if I'm spending more money now, whatever the reason people give for not doing it? What does it mean to actually like give up tasks? No, you're not giving them up. They are not your zone of genius. You need to let that go so you can stay in flow. And so when I truly address that limiting belief for myself, that's how I knew it just felt like this to me. It's a very, it's a, it's a pressure feeling. And I just, Mm. I get pressure in my chest with it when something like needs to shift. And so then that was, that was the way to go. And it was a journey. My first one did not work out the way I'd hoped. So I'm on my second one and it has, and that's has been worth it. And I move at my own pace. I don't think we need to buy into this idea of like, yes, it'll help you leap forward, but speed. I'm a little with in business world, everything speed, speed. 
not my jam. <laughs> um, I, I go at my own pace and yet I can see where we have been a little bit more um, time bending comes to mind. We've been time a little bit more, you know, this yeah. year. And so I, I think it was one of those finally hearing mentors for the 50th time, you know, in their encouragement and also addressing any, any beliefs that were present. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on the speed thing with all Mm. of that too, because, you know, Kelly Roach was talking about this recently. She's Mm. like a business phenomenon. If anyone doesn't follow her, please go check her out. There's definitely some nuggets of wisdom to be had there. And she was talking about with your team, you've got to be able to slow down enough to delegate properly and set them up in the right way so that they can actually help you and support you. If you're just constantly speeding through everything, they're never going to be able to keep up. They're never going to be able to be fully integrated into your system. Right. Um, So yeah, I'm glad you said that. That's so important. And I think that's, that is, yes. One of her huge like wisdom drops that is important with the team aspect and for yourself, what is your energy? How do you kind of ebb and flow with things when I realize that I'm not like a push, 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 push person that just burns me out. How can I also make sure that that is not the way I approach this idea of how I want to be a, to show up either. I want to elevate their, their strengths because clearly they're the ones who can do the things, stay organized, but it's okay. If you're not speedy, you as a person, that's okay. We started working together, she and I, July, and what are we, December? And there's a natural like getting to know period anyway, but we're just now like seeing and feeling into our flow. That's okay with me. For other people, they set the goal. They're like, okay, onboarded, ready to go in six weeks, whatever it is. And that's fine. That's fine. But just notice for yourself too, how that, that feels and that when you find someone that you can trust to take on those things more and more that that is going to open up so many other possibilities for you. And then it's another, for me, it was a stretch into a new way to communicate as a leader in that way. And Mm. if I'm going to continue showing up in this work, in my mission and supporting women in their voices, I can't not do the work. That is a big red flag to me when people are not doing their own work. So yeah, I have learned and stretched in my ways of communicating in a role that I've never held before. So that's been really really key too. That was another impetus to be like, you know what, this area needs to expand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you mentioned the ebb and flow too. Cause I think as, yeah. as women, especially we have this ebb and flow of energy sort of, yes. you know, it's really crystallized in that 28 day cycle idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, you know, entire weeks where we're just not really in a position to get yeah. a lot done. Yeah. You know, we just need to kind of like continue to roll through the motions. Yeah. And then we have other weeks where we are on fire and we yes. can get a lot done and get really deep into things and being able to recognize that and honor mm-hmm. that and just use it to our advantage instead yes. of trying to constantly, you know, shove it all back into the furnace and light everything mm-hmm. on fire. Yep. <laughs> we're, yep. we're burning well, everything down. Running Exactly. <laughs> well, running the criticisms of like, oh, I needed to be doing this and I should have done this. And I dropped the ball on this. Oh yeah. Not the way to have that long-term love of what we're doing, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's all yeah. about the love. Yeah, oh. exactly. That's perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Brianne. It's been a real honor to have this conversation with you. And I just, I love working with you and meeting with you. I mean, it's always such a 
mindful, like whole person approach. And Mm. it feels just really, really empowering. I mean, I think you are, you are living out your mission. Definitely. Oh, Danielle, thank you. It is awesome to be on our little co-creative journey in this way. Like I just, it, ah, it just makes me all giddy. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for saying that and for truly stepping up for yourself and your voice and your well-being in that way, because it's remarkable, it's needed, and you're worth it. Mm. You're, you hear that, everybody? You are worth it. Go write that one down. Say it out loud into a room. Stand in the corner if you have to. You are worth it. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danielle. I wish you and your listeners a beautiful rest of your day.